Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we cannot do another cold open yet again. A, because... Uh, we- I just want to say I made just the f- most fantastic joke. Liz we made can't- the most vile joke in this show's history. <laughs> that was very clever. It checked nearly every box. It even except caught for racism. You, it caught you off guard and took you a second, and then you couldn't believe it. I That, that floored me. Yeah. And you'd, no one is ever going to hear it. Unless you join <laughs> our new tier where you only get to hear Liz say what she just said, but you can never tell anybody. Because I can't even tell. I can't even like call a friend after this and be like, look what Liz said on the show. No, because A, they wouldn't get it. But B, it was a vile thing to say, and you should be ashamed of yourself. What's up, y'all? This is Bobby Blood and Soil um, <laughs> hitting you up from Ukraine here. I have uh, I have with me Lilith Fair. Uh, what? Oh, my God. Was, what? Where was I going with that? I don't know. It, Hello, was everyone. Was Lilith Fair an actual person? No, no. It was the that Lilith Fair. was just fair. the fair? It was just oh. the name of the fair. I thought that was like some It was some the fair of Lilith's. Bra. I thought that was like a Kate. What's the shit you like? Kate something? Kate Bush? Kate Bush. I thought I I just assumed Lilith Fair was like some like lady like Kate Stop Bush. Stop saying it like, like that. It's Lilith Fair. Lilith Fair. Oh my god. Lilith Fair. Yeah. Hello everyone. I'm Liz. I almost <laughs> said I'm Lilith Fair. Yo, what up? I'm Brace. I'm like, yo. Hey, what's up? No, I am uh yeah, I'm just I'm Brace. We have with we us are... here. No, we have our producer Young Chomsky here. I was just going to say that, but you are oh. listening to True None, and like we said in the previous episode, which actually, spoiler alert, was just a couple minutes ago that we recorded that very statement, mm-hmm. we have been podcasting for three hours because every we are giving you what the people want, which is everything you wanted to know about Ukraine and Russia, but we're too bored and stupid to ask. Also, Liz, it's been technically almost four hours. Well, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the Jamestown Foundation's uh, Understanding the World podcast. We have with us today here um, uh, Deputy Undersecretary of State for Namibia, Liz Franzak. And of course, we have with us today um, Lord of the Cossack Host, Mark Ames. We'll be discussing whether the 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 vile Slav should be annihilated. No, let me try that again. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. That's okay. That's all right, all right, all right. Listen, uh, Mark. You Very know, whoopee. we 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 talked about Ukraine in the first first episode. My 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 question for this one is: Riddle me this. Can I become a Cossack? Mm, mm, I'm not sure about that. It's like a state of mind. Yeah, I mean, but do you have horns in your head? If you were to feel the top of your head, there is that good or that's bad? what they're going to do. That's bad. I have one, but Only I got it planted. It was like a Burning yeah. Man thing. I just I got it put there. I was doing some work with uh, Marilyn uh, Manson, and <laughs> I can get it taken out. 
<laughs> so we, we left done. we left off with the maiden protest where Ukrainian were, were protesting over women in that country being too pretty. <laughs> the uh, maiden protest. I was like, what? <laughs> the, yeah, the, I mean, it was kind of odd for us to to. We were saying in our little break that it was it was a little abrupt for us to end right at the kind of like the I don't know the like peak of Maidan and this kind of big war is about to break out or, you know, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, does break out. Um, uh, but this kind of sets the stage, I think, probably. There's a lot of context that you need for understanding the yes. current quote-unquote crisis, mm, if it is a crisis, mm-hmm. uh, in I'm Ukraine, uh, Ukraine and, and Russia, the situation with Ukraine and Russia. Like 2014 and, and the Maidan uh, revolution, the Maidan coup, like really is – is like crucial, crucial context for understanding like what the fuck is going on yes. right now. Um, yeah. and, and the people that come to power at the behest of the West, at the behest of the West. Um, <laughs> Rapping Liz, making her come yeah, back. <laughs> kind of like after this, after this coup, rhymes. Yeah. you know, gets set into motion. So, okay. Like brutal war, basically civil war breaks out. I don't know, terrorist civil war, however you want to call it. Uh, I think it's a ter- I think it's a technically a police a action because yes. they they, they yeah. say that there's not a civil war. There's just a terrorist zone in the, in the, in the east. I think they called it ATO, the uh, it, yeah. basically anti-terrorist operation. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and everyone at the time uh, had convinced themselves that there was nothing organic about it. That that Russian agents and and again, I'm sure there's a kernel of truth to this, you know, it filtered in, and there were actually no Rush, pro-Russian separatists there whatsoever, and everyone just like forgot all history. That's why I kind of wanted to go in the previous yeah. episode back and yeah, forth to yeah. how like the pro-Russian, how the country keeps going back and forth between a pro-Russian guy and a Western guy, and, a pro, and the Western people and the pro-Western side. Never can really handle if um, the Russian side wins, yeah. you know, however they win. They always, like, have some revolution eventually. Yeah. Um, well, and and, there's just yeah. a strong segment of Ukrainian, like, people who are very pro-Russia. I mean, it's just, it just there is. is that. Like, yeah. you know. And there's a bigger um, part that doesn't give a shit. And yeah, doesn't totally. want yes. problems. I'd say that's a much bigger part that just doesn't want problems well, you know, their lives have sucked and they were yeah. actually under Yanukovych, despite how unpopular it was, despite how corrupt he was, the incomes were actually going up and they were mm. getting close to where they were in 1990, 91 for the first time. Then this thing happens and just the floor fell out again, yeah. you know, because certain types of people love a war and certain types of people benefited from it. And like, you know, we talked about it before. I mean, who backs whether it's a broadly, you know, popular-ish um, color revolution or a much less popular one, like like the Maidan one, who mm-hmm. backs it? I mean, uh, uh, who kind of benefits? Oligarchs, oligarchs who want to be connected to international capital, mm-hmm. um, local like liberal elites in the NGO world, mm-hmm. uh, and who are cued into that world, and then uh, ultranationalist fascists, whatever you want to call them, who had been built up, and those three groups have benefited the most and the masses of people there have really suffered and the country's yeah. been like practically depopulated and it really yeah. sucks. Um, and then, yeah. And then there are parts like Crimea definitely. And, and, you know, parts of Donbass Donetsk that, that are just straight up would have rather been with Russia yeah. and have all the historic ties with Russia and have seen how wealthy Russia is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there's that line that you see on social media, you see people like former ambassador McFall and all these other, you know, More disinfo like warriors. Ambassador McFail. <laughs> oh, McFuck. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Do you know the McFuck story? No. No, was, but wait, when, say, what is it? <laughs> yes, I have to say it. When, uh, when he was ambassador, he's like trying to show he's hip with the liberal kids and the liberal kids oh, no. like to, you know, speak in mutt and Russian or, or yeah. like slang a lot. Right. But he didn't yeah. know it, but he's like, Hey, liberal kids, I'm down with you. And I guess he had heard somewhere that Yekaterinburg can be shortened to Yoburg, but Yob means fuck. So whoever like is probably some Moscow, liberal Moscow snobs call Yekaterinburg Yoburg, which just means fuckburg. Yeah. And he's like on Twitter, no, привет. Um, I'm going. Yedu в Yoburg. He's like all cheery and happy, like golden retriever guy. And everyone's like, some Russian guy's like, Tisam Yoburg McFuck. Like you yourself are are fuckburg McFuck. Like everyone just couldn't yeah, believe yeah, the ambassador yeah. had called like the third largest city in the country fuckburg. That's like that's like <laughs> someone being like. Like the Chinese ambassador being like, I'm going to Schittsburg this weekend to yeah, check out some smokestacks. Totally. <laughs> it's oh, pretty damn funny. So that's, that's McFall. But, you know, they these guys, they published, I mean, they flood the information space with whatever homily of the day is. And one of them is, and you've probably seen this, Putin's not afraid of NATO expansion. What he's afraid of is a thriving democracy on his yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, that the, the, that's this what is, really gets some quick. Yeah. This is actually a huge, 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 huge talking point with some yep. of the worst motherfuckers yep. on earth is that they always say that Putin's not afraid of NATO expansion. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they think that Putin's like, I, I, I don't know what they, that and that it's it's always like the liberalizing of countries near him. No, he's definitely afraid of NATO expansion. Yes. If you look at a map of Russia and then you look at a map of NATO countries, mm. the, NATO has expanded to the border of I mean it's been on the border of Russia yeah, yeah. since Turkey yeah. joined in the 50s, but NATO has expanded to the to the not just that little border of Russia, the Caucasus down there, but like to the actual border of Russia. Um, yep. you know, in Europe, you know, with with the Baltics. And it's like, yeah, it's such obviously no shit he's afraid you know, of yeah. that. It's like so obviously bullshit. And, yeah. and this isn't just Putin. This is most Russian liberals, I think, don't want. Right. They, like yeah. they would like to see Ukraine actually actually be a thriving democracy, but it's not. It's such a shithole that it's turned off a lot of Russian liberals. Yeah. But they definitely don't want to see Ukraine join NATO and be enemies, a hostile well, country. America Most, almost you know. started a nuclear fucking war yeah. over some missile station in Cuba. Yeah. And yet we have added. We were all scared of, these- of socialism. That exactly. was it. We were scared of social. We were scared of so. We were afraid. Yeah. You know, I mean, kind of. Yeah, but like it's, we actually it's, were. Yeah. It is. It is. It's just so ridiculous that yeah. like yeah, yeah. Like, that talking point of he's not afraid of NATO. He's well, definitely even, afraid of NATO. It's it's not just. It's not. I I mean, fear maybe, but also it's it's like a there's a betrayal element there that I want to talk about because this is like a really important context yes. to understand, which is yeah. that yeah. the West. Okay, so we have to go back a little bit. Yes. But during the the talks about the unification of Germany, right? Mm-hmm. So this Never is pre happened. Yeah, it shouldn't <laughs> have happened. But this is, you know, before the fall of the Soviet Union. So, you know, there's all these um, you know, all these kind of, you know, big diplomatic talks about we want to unify Germany, you know, how is this going to happen? We and we want Germany and NATO. We want to unify Germany and NATO. And basically, the Soviet Union, uh, you know, uh what Gorbachev at the time 
is mm-hmm. like, okay, we will agree to that if we have assurances that NATO will not expand to the east, right? That that th- this is like the last stand. And I mean, this is like, you know, this isn't just a wink. It's not just that the West gives them a wink, wink. Like this was like assured from Explicit. Bush to James yes. Baker, Baker to not get- one inch. Not one yeah. inch, yeah. yeah. Genscher, who is the at the time the vice chancellor of Germany, he literally said, "This is a quote." This back in 2017, a bunch of uh, documents were declassified yeah. uh, that were kind of had yep. all these notes detailing this this process and the unification of Germany and and the you know its ascent into NATO. And this was a quote from Genscher at the time: "Quote." The Russians must have some assurance that if, for example, the Polish government left the Warsaw Pact one day, <laughs> they would not join NATO the next. Now, mm. that's quite literally what happened. Well, it was I more mean, than one day. But. I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's the insane thing. And, but the problem is here is that all of the Americans basically began denying this very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that very quickly. this conversation quickly. And ever it was, happened. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's not just that it, it happened. I mean, it happened like for months and by multiple, multiple people giving the Germans, I mean, excuse me, the, the Russians and the Soviets like explicit assurance. And it's the only, it, it was the only reason they agreed to unify Germany. Right. And so the, they had 350,000 troops in Germany Yes, at the time, you know, and I, I look, I'm, uh, one of the uh, benefits, if you can call that, of being old, is that you know I remember this stuff. It was, it was so out in the open at the time in in sort of news popular culture. We're giving them assurances. NATO's not going to expand east. Like you have to start editing your own memory yeah. um, of what actually happened to believe it. And it's pretty scary. You know, well, you'll yeah. find a lot in the American diplomatic establishment now who say that that did yep. not happen. Uh, that these are all misinterpretations yep. of like offhanded comments or something like that, which is absolutely ridiculous because this would be at the form like forefront of these negotiations. I mean, not that yep. Gorbachev, as we said, was a very smart guy. He was a, still he was ready to give everything away. Yeah. He really yeah, totally. was, and in fact, you know. I think it was more the West, Baker and Genscher and, and Colin Bush and some of them assuring Gorbachev than Gorbachev himself, who was almost too shy to, to demand it. So they were like, they were saying the things they knew Gorbachev needed to yeah. hear. Yeah. yeah. And then Gorbachev would then be able to tell this over and over to his generals and so on that, that it's okay. Um, but yeah, yes. yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. So it's like, a you know, it's not just that like, because we can, I mean, we can talk about military stuff later, but like, I don't think it's just like fear of NATO being on the border. Although, yeah, you don't want those military. Ex- I mean, imagine if Russia was doing military exercises in Canada, it would be, yeah. fucking, it would be, I mean, it, it would be chaos in America. It would. Um, and so that's been going on for decades, right? For Russia or, you know, a decade or so. And, but it's like a deep betrayal. And I think that this might be just, you know, before we get into kind of post Maidan. Ukrainian history leading up to what's going on today, like a good pause to talk a little bit about Putin because not to get like, I, I don't know. I think it sounds like really like dorky, like like an international relations person being like the mind of the Eastern, yeah. you know, I don't well, mean what it like that. Thinking? He's, yeah. What I mean, does he think? When you look into his eyes, yeah. do you see his soul? He's like, gay, but, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, but 
Uh, I do think that the, the the Western betrayal of Russia like plays so much into yeah. his orientation towards America and the West and and the Europe and the continent. You know, to get all you know inter- fancy international relations, mm. we'll call it the continent. Um, but so you have this. And, you know, and Mark, when you were on the show last time, we spent so much time talking about the destruction of Russia mm-hmm. uh, by the West in the late 90s. And this is when, I mean, that was Putin's time, right? Yeah. And so you have this, this like, very, like, you know, intense military, like, diplomatic, international diplomatic betrayal. And you have to, people have to understand that, like, Russia, the Soviet Union is a fucking power player, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's, you know, the, the West treats Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union as its little plaything, as a fucking, like, a, like a joke, as a toy. Yeah. And, you know, after the market crashes in the late 90s and the whole country is fucking gutted and the ruble is decimated and Russia really has to rebuild itself, and it has in very interesting ways – what Putin has done some really, you know, pretty wild stuff. Um, You know, it it was like so much of it is about deep, deep Russian slash Soviet pride in country Mm -hmm. and history. And the Russians are very proud. I mean, you hear it when you hear Russian diplomats talking about how angry it makes them the way Americans talk about World War II. I mean, you hear Mm -hmm. it over and over again on any kind of hall, like any kind of World War II memorial like where Russians speak, they always hit the talking point that the Americans teach that the Russians were not involved in the liberation of Europe. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it is like a deep betrayal, right? This is a yeah. very, very old, old country with a very, very rich history. I mean, fucking millions of people died in World War II. It's such a horrible slap in the face with the West, how the West acts to this country. And so the the they're reneging on the play the their pledge about NATO not expanding, coupled with the way that they just fucking destroyed the you know Russia after the fall after the the Union fell, is like, I mean it explains so much about the psychology behind their orientation towards the West. Yeah, and Putin would have that wound. And memory pretty raw because, yeah. as we said, you know, he came up in the 90s, mm-hmm. his whole rise to power, and it wasn't like a straight line. Rise to power was witnessing it, being part of it, and understanding the weak, you know, what weakness really means. Yeah. And, it, and the U.S. took full advantage of its absolute dominant, you know, place in the relationship yeah. in every way possible. Um, you know, NATO enlargement was, if you go back through the record, even sort of through the kind of establishment record of should we or should we not expand NATO, it was it was debated a lot. There were yeah, a lot of people. Even in the U.S. In yeah. the U.S., I mean. Yeah, yeah. of course, There were Russia, generals they were who were yeah. like, you don't do this. Like, I mean, yeah. Kennan was against it. Yeah. Kissinger, I, mean, I believe, was against the, it. Like the thing lot. is, yeah. even, even for just basic reasons of like logistics and overstretching, because NATO is America. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in large part and like overstretching America's commitments. I mean, it's a very real thing. Like even just taking from the American point of view, it's not a great idea. I, I, I mean, a lot, like the New York times and the kind of the liberal part of the establishment, they, they sort of couldn't believe that we'd be that much of dicks, <laughs> you know, really <laughs> yeah. like you can even see some editorials 
And and there was a time when the New York Times, because they just, it seemed so much like there was end of history and America was going to fully dominate for at least a hundred years. And Russia was such a basket case. And that must mean it's forever going to be a basket case. Yeah. Yeah. And they did even some, you know, some investigative articles on, I mean, the guy who was in charge of pushing for NATO expansion, like the sort of um, the lobbying effort for it was a, a Republican operative named Bruce Jackson, who was also like a Lockheed um, executive. Mm. You may remember Bruce Jackson led, it was like the Committee to Liberate Iraq in the early 2000s. Okay. I mean, he was yeah. like the guy that set it up and the chairman of it. He's the guy that, you know, set up the committee to expand NATO, whatever the hell it was called. I mean, he was the <laughs> major player. And it wasn't, it was, you know, it's not like there are street protests in America over it. I, I just think people kind of thought, well, that would be a dickish move, but whatever. What are the consequences? You know, what's Russia going to do? That was yeah. kind of the attitude. And it happened and it humiliated Russia a lot. Even Yeltsin, who was, you know, <laughs> our asset was pissed. A and, humiliated man to begin humili- with. <laughs> yes, very much. The insulted and humiliated or whatever yeah. that Dostoevsky book is. But um, the mom- the event that I think really galvanized that and change things forever from from the Russian side, for Americans seen much differently, um, was that NATO was expanded and almost at the same time, you know, and then it was formalized. Mm -hmm. And almost at the same time, they started this defensive, we're just a defensive organization. Yes. Bombed an independent sovereign country, Serbia, and carved out uh, a new nation out out of it, right? And, you know, we could say all kinds of bad things about Milosevic and it's true. And you know what, what the Kosovo yeah. are going through, whatever, but this was an ally uh, of, of Russia's the U S has any number of human rights, abusing dictator, bad people, you know, as allies mm-hmm. that we sell weapons to. So that's not the principle here. The principle was um, NATO needs a mission and it's mission, you know, and then they gave it a mission and it went and it attacked and destroyed a Russian, one of Russia's last friends Without Russian input, they tried stopping it and they couldn't. They, we were just like, you're not a player here. We give you IMF loans and we let you steal all your money mm-hmm. and put it, park it in our bank. Shut up. They couldn't do anything. And I think, you know, one thing Putin learned from that, I mean, there's a, there's an argument made by some people, especially some people in kind of the spook community, that that war led to an actual kind of intelligence community coup in Russia. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Yeltsin got rid of, I don't think that's necessarily true, but it, it's essentially like a coup. After that, there was just no argument anymore within Russia. It was, mm-hmm. it, I mean, even like totally pro-Western people were just so shocked yeah. that the worst things that the nationalists and the extreme left and right were saying in Russia about NATO and about the West turned out to be truer than they could have imagined. Yeah, Like it was like bombing, you know. Uh, it would be like um, us being weak and then Russia bombed. What's the closest country to the U.S.? Israel? <laughs> or <laughs> yes. Canada? I don't know. You know, one of those two. And uh, yeah. that moment, like Putin and and not just Putin, but everybody in that kind of elite understood either we're, comp- either we're just like totally fucked as a country mm-hmm. and that's that. You know, or if you want to advance any of your, ultimately you can't even advance even your own personal interests much without just, you just can't do anything. And um, they realized that they needed to become powerful. They couldn't do anything. They had to shut up. So like when the U.S. in 2001, we asked for, you know, 
over like base rights in Central Asia and, yeah, and asked yeah. Putin, is that cool? And he's like, yeah. And then we said it about six months later, you know, we're going to stay here. And then like six months after that, we decided we were going to put green berets right on Georgia on <laughs> yep. the border with Russia. And it's just like, and Putin didn't say much about it because they were weak. Yeah. yeah. And they knew they had to actually get stronger if you ever want to do anything. And, well, uh, and they have. Yeah. I mean, that's yes. like a, that's and another thing. And it's hard to deal you know, with. Talking yeah. about American propaganda, I think, you know, people listening who maybe haven't, you know, read about a lot of this stuff or don't know a lot of this history, even recent history, like, would be shocked to hear, maybe. But like, Russia is a very, you mentioned wealthy. They're a very wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, very, um, uh, I mean, they have an insane, uh, high in demand exports. They manufacture almost everything for themselves, for their people. They have massive currency reserves, massive gold massive. reserves. Yeah. Um, so right now, for example, like you know, the market is like not doing so well in Russia, but that's okay. They can, they can, they can do a lot. The central bank can do a lot because they they have these massive currency reserves they don't they can devalue their currency if they need to they can make a lot of moves that other countries can't mm-hmm. they have uh their military which we can talk about is quite strong mm-hmm. the you know it's very different from the 2001 that you're saying putin saying we're not strong we can't say no to the us moving in and building these bases or having these presences like the the Russian military has made incredible inv- advancements in technology and different. They have like a very different kind of, my, at least my understanding, a very different kind of strategic outlook and different kind of approach to war than the U.S. Um, and kind of like a different set of generals and and which we don't have to get into in, in ideology. The U.S. just wants to invade everybody and assume everything will go well. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there was also there was there, there was a major Russian reorganization of their military in two thousand. I mean, I don't, I don't. The Russian military was pretty. I mean, as we oh, can see, Ukraine shape in the nineties. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. like and, Ukraine's, and, and yeah. Ukraine's military yeah. is still like not really reformed enough, but like they were basically along old Soviet lines, which was not right. like. It was not conducive to modern warfare, and they did right. a lot of reorganizations in, in after after Georgia in in, in 08. Yeah, right. But yeah, I always like then. to say that the American military is basically like muscle bound, where it's like a big, strong, like the Predator drone is such a like perfect um, symbol of like the American military, which is like it's expensive, it's mm-hmm. flashy, it looks great on YouTube. And but it's like lumbering and could get shot down really easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And like for like a year, it looks like the greatest new technology, but it like can be pretty easily like thwarted and weaponized back against the U.S. very easily, and has been you know kind of since its debut. And the Russian military and the, their approach is like I would say, at least from what I've read, way more dynamic, a lot more nimble. It has a very different approach. Um, at least in terms of how it would look at a possible, like, you know, war with the U.S., which hopefully never, ever happens. Yes. I mean, one thing to say about the Russian military, too, look, they they were in the doldrums in the 90s, massively mm-hmm. corrupt, lost in the first Chechen war. The Chechens, gen, uh, you know, you don't want to get all Orientalist and so on, but I think most Chechens would agree. They, they're genuinely amazing fighters. Mm-hmm. And they had help. Uh, yeah. Turkish intelligence, I'm sure, Qatar, mm-hmm. Saudis, and you know, mm-hmm. their buddies in Langley, I'm sure, gave them a <laughs> little. Like, I know some stories, but it's for another episode. Um, and they lost the first one badly, yeah, 
And, but they also learned a lot because if you don't die after a war like that completely, you know, you've learned a lot. You've trained against the fiercest fighters pound for pound in the world. Mm. And the second one, the second war, you know, leaving aside all the issues of human rights and who deserves sovereignty and so on. I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for, for Chechens, um, after everything I've seen, but like, nevertheless, there's no doubt the Russians were way smarter yeah. in the second yeah. war and they, they, they won ugly. Um, but they, you know, they learned a lot. It was clear. And I think that's one of the things that kind of, one of the first things that kind of scared the West about the Putin led Putin didn't drink, you know, that was the first yeah, problem. Right. And the second problem is like, wait, he did this war rather smartly. Like Yel- under Yeltsin, they sent all of their armored personnel yes. carriers right into downtown Grozny and like yeah. all of a sudden just just slaughtered all of them with RPGs. And, and, and their their armored personnel carriers are not no. um let's just say they're not they're not a, they're, they don't have the same designer as their tanks. They're not quite as good. Right. The BMP is a pretty rough vehicle. Yep. Yes, um, I've actually dr- driven in one through Georgia. Yeah, during that I've, war when I reported, it was bumpy. It was probably a better one, but yeah, use the turret of one, but it wasn't on one. <laughs> it was on a different kind. It was it had been put on a different vehicle. Um, wow, but yeah, I mean, the Russians like the thing is like they are they're not afraid to to fight. They're not afraid to win dirty. They'll do it. You know what I mean? Like they they will. Um, I mean, America will too, but there's this sort of, uh, America will absolutely, like they'll fight as dirty as you can get. Um, but the Russians, I think, do it uh, more effectively. Um, yeah, because they have, they don't have a, you know, America is like the profligate billionaire's junkie son, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. it just keeps going, who just keeps blowing everything, but the money, the family still has tons of money to blow so that yeah. his, his son that he had with, you know, a hook or something was also going to get a bunch of money and blow that. And so we Hunter can Biden. still, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually, I mean, the decline is, it's like this cliche thing and it's very mm. real too. Um, you know, eventually it's going to mean less and less and less power, but Russia got the current crop of, of leaders like came up at a time when Russian power was at its absolute nadir. So they have to be careful, really careful and not stupid and profligate about how they spend their, expend their like hard power, especially like the, you know, with Syria, they waited and waited and waited until it was an absolutely opportune moment. And so they, they did the best they could do with their circumstances. And yeah, I think I, I gotta admit, I have a hard time still, wrapping my head around the fact that the Russia of today is nothing at all like mm. the Russia of the nineties. Yeah. Like I know it, I get it. I've seen, I mean, Russia looks so much different and looks so much better. Yeah. And that's because that's because one thing Putin did for all the corruption, whatever the difference is, they make, he has made rich people pay taxes. And that's kind of the difference between a state that works and one that doesn't. If rich people don't pay taxes, everything falls apart. If they do pay taxes, <laughs> you can build shit. Um, and, um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's a different military. And I think that, um, people in Washington and think tank land and foreign policy land, they just can't accept it. They can't yeah. accept it at all. You know, it's like what Obama said when he was all angry about the, the whole, when he kind of launched Russia gate just after, before he left office. Yeah. And he said, what do the Russians make? You know, Russia's a pathetic country where they just make Kalashnikovs and vodka. 
And well, nothing I guess else. one of the two of the most popular yeah. things in the world, <laughs> moron. Kalashnikovs and vodka. You know, people, no one's no one's drinking a fucking uh, fat tire beer at six a.m. They're drinking vodka. Yep. A child isn't shooting. Is child isn't shooting like a, a knight's armament AR? They're shooting an AK. AKs. Everybody. They're popular. Yeah. But as a Russian hearing that, imagine how insulted you would totally. be for like for Putin to hear that from fucking Obama. I mean, again, this is why Trump was his match because he doesn't drink as well. So neither of them. It's like, oh, That's checkmate. So yeah, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, but we have it's two like bitch you know, presidents. The the yeah the. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to outgay each other. Yeah, um, like, oh no, I don't do coke either. I, I well, I never done ecstasy. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like an insult like that after all of the shit that they've been building, building over the you know for the past like two decades and trying to rebuild their country after we destroyed their exactly. country and their economy. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's unacceptable. And so when you read, kind of now, I mean, we need to get back to we need to kind of flip back yeah. now to Ukraine. Yeah. Um, before we kind of catch up to present day. But I will say when you read statements from guys like Lavrov or you read Putin's statements, like you see the um, the absolute disdain for the West. But it's not just disdain. Yeah. It's like they do not respect America. Yes, yeah. that's they a good way of putting America it. They respect America for as much as they have to yeah. at the UN to get by, but they do. There is nothing about American culture. There is nothing about American diplomats. There is nothing about American education or like the American like American way bullshit. of life. Like right. you know, the American just, like, bullshit. Doesn't yeah, like wow there's them. nothing yeah. about any kind which they view America as like a young, like adolescent like just childlike nation and they don't respect it. I think, and I think they also view America as um, in denial. Totally wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just yeah. in denial. And at some points it's sort of like, how do we deal with this? Yeah. You know, because it's also, I mean, America is dangerous. America is very powerful, has all this weapons, mm-hmm. military weapons, some of them don't fly, but you know, whatever. Another <laughs> yeah, trillion yeah. dollars. Well, listen, uh, major financial I, weapons. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So we have all these weapons, and it is a declining power, and it is, you know, it is dangerous, especially when you have a a, a ruling elite that just cannot and will not come to grips with that. So they're going to make some stupid choices and stupid decisions and policies, like. What they've done in Ukraine, for example, yeah. which I mean, I look guess we'll get to. Look at that pivot back. Look at that. This <laughs> is how pros. you know. This is yeah. a pro. Listen, you know, as a podcaster, in all seriousness, <laughs> I just want to say, anyway. Um, yeah. Well, so, that, so that's to say, all right, so Russia <laughs> has bases in Ukraine. By the time the Maidan revolution happens. So you guys might know, there's this little fucking sea called the Black Sea, mm. right up there above Turkey. I don't know who made this seat. Totally pointless seat. Because unless you're selling selling your little tramp freighter from Istanbul to Odessa, no reason for it. They could just pave it over and put a whole new country. Um, Russia has bases on that sea. That gives them access to the Mediterranean. But you know, the Black Sea is a pretty big area in its own right. Um, and uh, they're leasing this naval base. They've been leasing this naval base. They just re-signed a contract. So Maidan happens, and there is a lot of questions about what is going to happen with these bases uh, on the Black Sea. Honestly, if you ask me, I haven't seen anybody look into this too much. Um, but if you ask me, I think the nationalists and even the West understood 
I, yeah. I don't think they understood. Okay, they thought that when this revolution happened, there was a lot of gloating, open gloating um, by the neocon crowd. I think by the head of the NED, if I remember right, um, by like the Stratford crowd. They're like, that's it. Russia's done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then Putin took Crimea. And yeah. I, you know, so I, I, a lot of people actually didn't think about that. I think they thought that was going to be an ongoing point of contention that was going to yeah, pin Russia yeah, down. Yeah, like some diplomatic, like, you know, pawn and, to be thrown back and, and forth. And like, yeah, subversion and this and that. And it was just yeah. going to go on and on and on. They just took it because it was, and again, they're not stupid. They didn't try and take like all this talk that's been going on here in the last two months of a World War II style invasion and, and yes. installing a puppet like the Nazis would do is Which so is ridiculous. stupid yeah. that yeah. anyone would believe that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They're yeah. not fucking stupid like we are and they yes. can't afford to be. That um, would be it, that, it would be one of the most insane things. Yes. If it happens, I will no, I'm not gonna no, because that means I'll make it happen. It's no just won't. It happen. won't happen. Just won't happen. It won't happen. It's not even um, in the it realm would be, of possibility. It would be too cra- it would make Afghanistan uh look like I don't know what what doesn't look like everything kind of looks like Afghanistan. Um I'm trying to think of a military <laughs> Iraq, adventure. I mean it'd probably be more uh, Iraq, like they probably would, would sweep in at first all the bitch Nazis would go running, you know, to yeah, Galicia yeah. and then they'd start coming back and you'd have, you know, all these, we have endless stories yeah. about these um, Ukrainian oath keepers and their sniper rifles. Exactly. Like, I mean, that it would be, it would, it would be just a civil war that Russia would have to, ex- it would just be another Afghanistan, Iraq. It would be they, insane they, for them just to do absurd it. absurd. On their border. To, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> why, why would they, why would they pin, I mean, actually it's something we would probably want, which is why yeah. you see the West. Just slobbering. Well, I, that's over what I it, think they you know? want them to do that. Totally. Yeah, yes. very clearly. Yeah. 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 So before we get into today, back in 2014, he takes Crimea. Mm-hmm. Poroshenko's elected in Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. There's all these, we should talk about the kind of the, the 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 players in Ukraine a little bit. There's like, you know, a massive kind of um, let's say uh glow up for the oligarch community yes. in this in this moment. Excuse totally. me, you mean the, the founders of the nation, the, the liberal democrats <laughs> that yeah. are their answer to George yeah. Washington? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh just some of the like roughest dudes are having the best time of their life. And, and really like, you know, selling off, like I said, this is when the mass sell off begins, or not begins, but really, you know, crescendos in they Ukraine. Try. Yeah, they yeah, try. farmland, uh, yeah. you know. They're trying again. Well, they still can't, trying. they're still trying to get those laws passed with heavy US and EU backing. Yeah. They're still having a hard time with it. Even Zelensky, when he first took over, tried, the first thing he tried to do was privatize land in the West. And the Ukrainians are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be free market. We want to be there. But like, but, you know, blood and soil, like, well, right. yeah, are you going to sell my blood next? Yeah. Jude Zelensky Jew, you know? So they're yeah. kind of like, they're Boy. a little freaked out about it. Um, but they're trying to, and they're like pilot programs and all this stuff. And the West definitely wants it. But I would say this about also to keep in mind about what happened in like March, April, whatever of, of 2014, right after the Maidan coup and, and the new people took over. So yeah, they put oligarchs in as governors that were just installed as governors mm-hmm. like Ihor, Ihor, um, 
Kolomoisky, probably the most famous mm. one. He actually eventually put Zelensky in power. He's yeah. a double, dual citizen, I believe. Brace, can you name the country? That he's a dual uh, citizen of? You're a member uh, of the I, tribe. I know, Come on. I know it. I know. What other country are people fucking dual citizens of, dude? I know. I mean, There's only a- one country that anyone ever... No one's like, oh, yeah, he's a dual citizen of <laughs> uh, you know, Canada and yeah. fucking Botswana. No. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no. It, 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 it doesn't, except for the fact that he also financed a lot of the Nazi uh, militia groups. Yeah. Well, here, Israel themselves. Eye. I'm yeah. sorry. Some of these Nazi militants have fucking Tavor rifles. Yep. The Israeli army exactly. rifle. Like, it's not Oof. like... The Israel does not give a fuck. I think what was I think it was the right sector dude who literally met with Israel's foreign like ambassador to Ukraine to be like, oh no, dude, we don't what are you, we don't hate Jews. You yeah, we're pro Jewish. That's all they yeah. say. Oh no, we pro, we're pro Jewish. It's only yeah. gypsies we hate. And the thing Israelis is, it's true. There. Like they can drop yeah. these things. As I mean, I still wouldn't want to be a Jew in Ukraine, but like I, I I don't think that hating Jews is the number one thing. I think it's an important part of their cultural heritage. But <laughs> I don't think it's like for a lot it of is. these groups like the most yeah. important thing. No, like. They hate Russians. They yes, hate gypsies. But, yeah. They might hate the idea of the international Jew, even as they take money from them. Like a globalist. Um, yeah, the globalist, yeah. like this vague sort of right. like other out there. But uh, but even they, they, it's not. Yeah, exactly. I, I I don't think it's like that's a big mistake that that people make in thinking that they're exactly like the Nazis or whatever exactly. in the forties. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's 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 different. Right. Um, it's not unless like you're a gypsy. The the single wedge issue, but they all yeah. know, and and it's so open, you know, in other forums when it's like they're not just talking to I don't know Western journalist or the Israeli ambassador. It's like. You know those yeah. kikes, blah blah blah. The kikes do yeah, this, yeah, telling yeah, jokes, yeah. like anti-Semitic jokes. Yeah. There's oh so no. I mean, they've Hitler on the T-shirt a lot <clears throat> yeah, of the time, yeah, you know. Yeah. But they're like, again, it was mostly the gypsy thing we yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so these guys are put in charge of, especially the provinces that are closer to the Donbass or, or yes. you know, over over the Donbass area, and um, and then there is like unrest in the pro-Russian regions, especially in mm-hmm. Lug- also in Kharkov but especially in Luhansk and Donetsk. And so then the, uh, the coup government sends in the Ukrainian army. Yeah. And you could see, like, you go back to the record and you'd see these um, Russian-speaking, whatever you call I mean, they're Ukrainians, but they're Russian-speaking, right? Because it's yeah. a multi-ethnic country. Um, lying on the ground to keep the Ukrainian troops from coming into their village, to keep the APCs from going into their village. And they wouldn't run them over. And this is an extremely demoralized army. It's still very demoralized. Yes. These are recruits. And these were not people fired up by murderous, like, hatred of anybody who speaks Russian or has Russian blood, which is destroying the white race. These were just regular recruits. So they were eventually pulled out. And and the separatists were able to start setting up kind of separate um, uh, structures a bit there with Russian help. There's no doubt. And um, then who did they send in? And this is why they did it. They sent in the fucking, not the volunteer battalions as they're mm, called. Exactly. Yeah. The, and the, or the, re, the regional battalions. Yeah. yeah. And AKA then, Nazis. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Nazis. Because yeah, I mean, Nazis will kill. They would have yeah. run them over without even thinking twice about it. That's, and, and that's why the they're thing useful. Is, in fact, if you watch, I was watching a documentary about uh, the battle of the second battle of Donetsk airport. And mm. you see these Ukrainian army commanders being like, 
yeah, we're really lucky that we had these ideological mm-hmm. groups, yep. and they, you know they name them. You as know, they of talk about right se- yeah, yep, as of and, and and right sector yep. because those people were actually like fired up to fight. I mean, to 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 really think about this for a second. I mean, for a lot of these people, I mean, this is. I mean, for for your average Ukrainian, the army there, they're asking you to to drive an APC into a town in your country, fill yes. the civilians in your country, people who yep. you view very likely as like your fellow countrymen yeah. you know it is going to there's going to be a hesitation before you pull that trigger for a lot of these guys who are football hooligans criminals and you know sort of supreme overall insane bloodthirsty yeah. neo-nazis well they've been they're not indoctrinated only gonna pull the tr- exactly yeah, right? they're not, they're not gonna pull the trigger they're gonna double tap you, you. Yeah, yeah totally yeah and and that's why you start to see them because they're useful and we're seeing them again all over again you know yeah it's like again like Syria oh you know I I think yeah. ideally the West would have liked a bunch of pro neoliberal Soros reading <laughs> uh, fighters to be fighting there's a free Syrian army but who actually fought it was yeah. the craziest most ideological um, Salafi Islamists uh, not not like. Right, not like the yeah, neoliberal, yeah, educated yeah. middle class types. Yeah, that's who kills. That's who does the dirty shit. Um, so, so that's that's how things got went really ugly. And and my memory of the first part of the war, which ended like that summer, was that I mean, although Ukraine didn't win, of course, mm-hmm. because um, the pro Russian separatists did carve out a part, but they they the Ukraines won some like they won at Slavyansk. Which is a big battle there, yeah. And they were they were kind of def- they were kind of defeating um, the pro-Russian rebels for a while, and so then they had a like a ceasefire that was backed by Russia, France, uh, Germany, and mm-hmm. and Ukraine. It was like those that's four major Minsk, actors. Minsk that's one. Minsk one, yeah. And it didn't hold up well. That that was like put into effect in it, the fall. It fell apart while they were like, <laughs> yeah. like literally uh, the ink wasn't dry, and yeah. people were shooting still. And like um, the pro-West side, the uh, pro-Ukraine side says, I think a lot of it had to do with Donetsk people still trying to retake the Donetsk airport. Mm-hmm. That was like a its own major battle. And as yeah, you said, huge. it was Nazis. And it's it's yeah. like a video game, that one. I mean, it's so fucking uh, it's insane. It's insane videos yeah. from that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and that broke out into open warfare. I think the Ukrainians and Poroshenko was president by this point. Poroshenko, who was an oligarch, a billionaire, um, nicknamed Willy Wonka, because he's his a lot of his money was in chocolate and confectionery. He's a chocolate guy, yeah. 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 Um, right. So that that second war broke out, and that time the pro-Russian forces just just destroyed the Nazis and yeah. whatever whatever the Ukrainians had. And I think the Embarrasses Ukrainians them. Um, yes, like dist- in Debaltseve, including a lot of American mercenaries. These kind of like American, you know, diaspora. The, de- mm-hmm. the Ukrainian diaspora is like generally a lot more right wing than yeah. everything in Ukraine, except like the craziest people in in Lviv, and and now they call it Lviv. I call it Lvov because that was his Jewish name, or Lemberg, I think. When Lemberg, oh, I'm a yeah. Lemberg man. I'm a Lemberg man, <laughs> um, and just destroyed them and and killed a lot. And the state was failing really badly. They were trying to institute, as you said just radical 90s style um, neoliberal mm-hmm, yeah. reforms. So it was like everything just got hollowed out, gutted, corruption came back very quickly. And they had to sign a humiliating peace deal. And yeah. that's Minsk too. And part of the Minsk too is, I mean, the main part really 
I would say, isn't just, you know, ceasefire. Still, he's one, you know, the main part, the main bone of contention is um, that Ukraine would federalize and devolve yeah. a lot of local powers to um, the Luhansk and Donetsk regions so that they would be highly sem- highly autonomous regions, mm-hmm. but they would stay within Ukraine. And Ukraine then would also be able to take over the borders and take control of the borders. Um, and, you know, Ukraine, or the, let's say the West claims, or the U.S., Reuters, whatever, claims yeah. that the big sticking point is that Russia won't admit it's been backing the separatists. And that's just kind of like... That's just obvious BS. Yeah. Any any president who tries to actually implement Minsk to any Ukrainian president, um, is going to get shot. I think yeah. signing, that, that's yeah. the thing is is any 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 actual steps towards devolution in um, in the east there. I mean, you're signing your own fucking. Death it, it means you've lost. You know? It means admitting it, yeah. you lost. Yeah, exactly. But right. it's also, I mean, that that's that's sort of the 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 funny sticking point because I believe if that did happen. Um, which I don't think it will be. I think that there's, I mean, my oh, yeah. best guess is there's going to be a sort of like a Transnistria type situation yeah. um, uh, for the foreseeable Frozen future. Frozen conflict, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if yeah. it does happen, I mean, that is that will empower, I think, the ultranationalists. Um, not only like empower them to, you know, maybe start uh, killing more people, but also I'm sure we'll give them a lot more political power because that is that is essentially. They'll do a I coup. Mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, pretty simple. Yeah. They will. That's, now, that's, I don't know how successful. It's hard to say. Yeah, it will turn. It would turn into civil war there. You know, it'd yeah. be like what yeah. would happen if Israel started giving up just the occupied territories. Exactly. You know? yeah. Civil coup. war. Fight. Tomorrow. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. There yeah. was like recently, um, Danilov, who's the he's the what foreign minister I think in Ukraine. Yes. He gave this. No, really, no, no. Danilov is the head of the Security Council. Sorry, head yeah. of security. Yeah. Excuse me. He gave this really. Um, bizarre interview in the AP, I think just a couple days ago or in late January, but he said this quote, the fulfillment of the Minsk agreement means the country's destruction. It's impossible to implement yeah. those documents, which yeah. is just a really insane admission because also to be clear, like the Minsk yeah. agreement was, it, it there, there was like a UN resolution, like everyone, even the US voted saying yes. that, that Minsk had to be like ratified. I mean, it's not under the UN, but there was a UN resolution that everyone voted, it was a unanimous resolution that uh, every, you know, every part of Minsk had to be implemented. The OSCE and, was part of it, which were part yes. of the OSCE is like, yeah, no, I, I mean, I was looking back and thinking about Obama again, um, and I think Obama, because it was under Obama that, you know, Newland got to play and mm-hmm. have her color revolution. And yeah. then all of a sudden things went to shit fast. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the defense secretary at the time, uh, what the hell's his name? Chuck. What, oh, God. Um, uh, anyway, they, they were just about to implement in February of 2014, like the largest cutback in the in the Pentagon budget and arms that's right and so yeah, yeah, yeah. since World War II, the largest one. And and that went out the door. And I and you know, Obama saw, I bet you Obama was told by the Newlands, you know, oh Russia can't do it. And these people are for freedom and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No yeah. one really told them the consequences. Like suddenly Russia took Crimea and yeah, you know, you denounce it and so on, but you're not going to go to war for it. And remember Obama at this point after Libya was like, don't do stupid shit was was his one guiding thing so he was always passive aggressive like yeah, he'll yeah, do yeah. bad things in Syria but not all the way he'll do bad yeah. things in Ukraine but not all the way toe. yeah and like, like waited it a little bit 
Yeah, you, I mean, that's it looks like Minsk too, because uh, you know the U.S. is always the most powerful force, at least on this side. Was like uh, just admitting we ain't going to do anything, and so yeah. you need to come yeah. to an agreement. Well, and the other thing about Minsk too is not just you know that it's an admission of defeat, which will piss off every veteran, and that country is armed to the teeth and with veterans it's rife up, with veterans. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like you know every fascist revolution, but also it would mean that Ukraine could never. Um, really could never now like structurally enter NATO because structurally mm -hmm. like power would be so devolved yeah. to these regions that were, um, you know, too, too closely aligned with Russia, even though the country would be whole, like it just, it, it would, it would kill it. They, they couldn't go into NATO and they shouldn't and they won't and no one will admit it. But in any event, like we can't say these they things. They have to keep the dream alive. Yeah, keep the dream alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean yeah. that. So this is this is. I mean, this is this sort of brings us. I mean, we've been at the present day for a second, but like you know, we've got Zelensky here as president. He was mm -hmm. sort of elected as as. I mean, he's a Russian speaker. He's a Jew. Same Come on, thing. he's a clown. Yeah, the and man to mention that he's a clown. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's he's a clown. He is a um, as a former clown. I want to say <laughs> I'm very happy to see representation on the world stage for former clowns. Yes. Well, you know, he was he was he actually. I mean, it's a pretty ingenious way of getting elected because he was he was played the president on a kind of comedy television show <laughs> yeah, called Servant the first, of the People. It's on Netflix. The first episode is yeah. really good, actually. But, I don't know if you've seen it. It's really good. Then his. His, then his political party that he starts is also called yes. Servant of the People. Yes. And so all of the advertising and the television show itself, it's which so is incredible. a huge the success. The most popular show by far. Exactly. It's about so, a guy who's a nobody who kind of yeah. like, it's like a very Gogolian kind of story, right? Who yeah. just sort of winds up accidentally becoming president of this incredibly corrupt, <laughs> oligarch-run, dysfunctional country. Exactly. And so, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't pure. think of a more, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, if you watch the uh sort of election videos of him or like on the campaign show he seems you know very earnest and kind of mm -hmm. like not really thinking he still yeah. kind of does i yeah. think yeah yeah i think he does he's too he's likable he, it's hard yeah to, he's know? he's eminently likable he's yeah. also mm -hmm. much like putin he's five seven yeah i was gonna <laughs> say slight man <laughs> although uh. i think i honestly i mean there's no way that putin's not if, if you're saying five seven both of these guys on the internet both talking these platforms guys are five three. Oh yeah, yeah. Putin wears major yeah. lips yeah putin yeah, yeah putin putin is the size of the famous circus performer mishu if you will look that up, <laughs> uh which would be about two foot two um but uh but yeah, you know, you can't help but and he's like, you know, we're gonna get peace, like, because that, uh, I mean, that's a that's a pretty popular notion for a lot of people over yep. there. And then what happens is absolutely none of that. I mean, he his popularity, which starts out super high, is now. I mean, he makes Joe Biden look like um, <laughs> trying to think of someone who's popular. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt, uh, Pamela Anderson. Oh, oh. no, I was just saying pam popular oh. in general, like someone everyone kind of like likes. God, God, but yeah, I, I, I guess Franklin, Franklin Lady Die. Yeah, Lady <laughs> Die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's because not only, I mean, he is he has managed to piss off kind of inadvertently in some cases, every single constituency which might possibly back him. Yeah. Um, and it is, I mean, from yeah, he is it's, just it's a shit show. I mean, look, again, we have to go back, you know, this back and forth in these Ukrainian elections, like election, somebody goes is elected to be pro-Russian, goes mm -hmm. the other way, then turns pro-Russian revolution, turns pro-Russian revolution. Um, what happened there? Poroshenko, like they even got rid of the hardest core pro-Russian voting regions. So as I was yeah. gonna say, I think a lot of nationalists wanted Crimea out. 
Mm. Uh, wanted Donetsk out. I mean, so I've read their articles. That makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, they're like, yeah, that makes sense our problem me. is they really believe the problem is Russianness. Mm. And if yeah. we could extirpate, if we could lust- lustration, you know, the whole list, yeah, if yeah, we could cleanse, they, these yeah. are the words they use, this culture of Russianness, we won't have corruption. We won't have bad presidents. Mm. All of our problems are because this Asiatic gene that has uh, infected pure Ukrainians, you know, it's yeah. really gross, but that's it. Um, so Poroshenko, you know, runs the country with huge Western backing billions. It's like a Yeltsin thing again. Yeah. And everything goes to complete shit so that by his, uh, by the 19, 2019 election, even without the pro, the hardest core pro Russian yeah. regions, Zelensky, who, who, uh, campaigns on peace with Russia and let's, let's accommodate the Russians and speaking Russian Mm-hmm. And so on, which like, if you really hated a country, like you didn't want to hear people speaking German or Japanese in World War II in this country, right? I mean, yeah. like if you hated them, you wouldn't even want to hear the language. This guy ran on that language in an, in a historically anti-Semitic country. He's a Jew. And I mean, this was like the most unbelievable rejection of the yeah. Maidan revolution you could possibly imagine that yeah. Poroshenko lost. 75% to 25%. Yeah, just humiliation. Yeah. I mean, again, humiliation. Yes. Yeah. Nothing like it in Ukrainian history. Yeah. Like only fixed elections, you know, you have to have a dictator fixing elections to get that. And what happens? Um, I mean, he's a novice. He had Ihor Kolomoisky uh, backing him. He, I think the West was always very ambivalent. About, they didn't know what to do about Zelensky yeah. because we talk yeah. about democracy and elections and you know and this is how we scare putin by having a real functioning democracy but um he for his first year 2019-2020 held a lot of negotiations with russia mm-hmm. he was very careful about it he's he's an amateur yeah yeah and you know uh, civil society groups including u.s backed and omidyar backed groups when he won after he won they they put out i could find it somewhere they put out this big statement that said, basically, if you try to do the Minsk agreement, you try to if you go too far away from us, who democratically totally lost and have been rejected, but mm-hmm. we have power anyway, there will be another might on river. They were totally yeah, open about yeah, it, including yeah, Western yeah. governments. It was fucking crazy. Um, yeah, and there was also threats like internally. I mean, like Poroshenko oh, yeah. backers and Bandera guys oh, absolutely. are constantly, I would say, a looming threat for. Zelensky for like you know then it's just a different type of color revolution that he could encounter yeah and like I, I I mean I feel Brace and I were talking about this like before that we kind of like feel for him a little bit totally <laughs> oh I fully feel for yeah. him yeah. yeah and like I think you know it's like Trump tried to bully him with the Biden yep. stuff exactly. which is very funny so yep. mean so and mean <laughs> I think that he I think Zelensky like kind of like you know. He's a novice. He's like a bit, you know, he's very green. I think he thought Biden would be a bit different. And it's just been like a total disaster. He's been rat fucked again. They're talking shit on him in the press. They're like, this guy's weak. He's a pussy. He sucks. They literally called him annoying and infuriating. It's like so insane. the most anti-Semitic trope Well, I was going to say, we are like that though, Mark. We are annoying. But But that's only between us. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it filled for him. But then also he does a bunch of really stupid fucking shit. Like last year when this whole, you know, when this, 
this whole thing with, you know, this, you know, leading up to the tensions now started, like he was fucking bloviating and saying all this cr- insane shit about how Ukraine was yes. gonna fucking take back Crimea. It's like, yep. sorry, what? Like, and I remember Donbass, when I he yeah. came, it was like in April. I think it was like February, April of February, last year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He starts saying all this crazy stuff. And I remember watching it and being like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I like, know. is he out of his mind? Total change. Like total, total it was like, change. Yeah. He went to bed, somebody zapped his brain and he woke up like Puttershot. Yeah. I mean, and he was like threatening. He's like, Ukraine, yes. we are building troops. We are taking this back. Like you better watch out Russia. We're coming for you. And the West has it's, us back and we're joining NATO. Did you know? Did you yeah, know? We're exactly. joining NATO. Uh, well, all right. So that I want to pause on that for a second because you can really trace a lot of the like Russian troop buildup to a very specific thing, which is uh, Zelensky basically like making steps. Yes. Ukraine has been making steps to join NATO for a long time. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, he like commissioned this thing, like a NATO, a new, like, um, sort of, uh, I can't remember what it was exactly. But he basically oh, they commissioned put out a national government. security council kind yeah. of like whole, uh, like, uh, policy document yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's and right, right at the same it, time in tandem with the atlantic council putting out and getting all their heavyweights former ambassador i mean these yeah. were guys directly connected to blinken's group yeah saying we need to heat everything up and and fast track um ukraine uh you know accession into nato and kill nord stream 2 uh, you know yes. which is, this oh, is, we haven't is, talked about I that yeah that's yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah. thing um, the gas pipeline and, um, you know, just heat everything up because America's back and we can do yeah. this and it's going to happen. Like everyone's <laughs> going to just bow to us cause we're back baby. And, um, and, and then what does he do in February? Also he arrests. Uh, so th- what happened in December was polls were coming out or even maybe a little before showing that, uh, he, since he was failing and things were going bad, the pro Russian opposition party in parliament, mm-hmm. Our platform for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah headed yeah, yeah. by a guy who's everybody knows actually is close to Putin, Viktor Medvedchuk. He's also an oligarch. Uh-huh. Is polled number one in the country. Right? Yeah, this is pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, that's pretty bad. So Biden wins Damn, the election. Maybe they do need fascism. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. So Biden wins <laughs> the election, and uh, Zelensky sends his former prime minister. Um, it's uh, Honcharuk. That's right since Hunchuruk to, to America to start like whipping up, you know, trying to coordinate like a new policy. Mm-hmm. Hunchuruk, like I, I'll, I should text you this article, like Hunchuruk was famous because a year before while prime minister, he attended an actual neo-Nazi skinhead, um, like hardcore concert, went up yeah. on stage to raise money for like Azov and C-14. Incredible. And he's the guy that went around and he published something in like the national interest and said, you know, we, uh, we got to take a harder line. And the Biden administration's like, this guy was just at that skinhead um, concert. Dalai, let's do it, man. Whatever yeah, he says. Yeah. He knows what like, he's talking about. Yeah, like, obviously. oh, yo, he fucking, <laughs> yo, he likes, he likes combat 18, the fucking... <laughs> He cried when Screwdriver Singer died. I mean, oh okay, all right. Well, all right. They are a good band. So I know they're a better I mean, band. Than yeah, they're way they're, they're the, like the only actual good Nazi band. I know, I know. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. So so they so in February, yeah, he um, he arrests Viktor Medvedchuk for being a, yeah. a traitor. Starts shutting down opposition media, arresting mm-hmm. bloggers. Everybody is suddenly treasonous. And what does the U.S. know? The U.S. comes out Biden and says, we support all these moves. Russian disinformation is evil yeah, and so yeah, on, yeah. right? So Russia Ukraine sees, needs to take a stand. Yeah, exactly. 
um, Atlantic Council. Like, there's just a lot of talk out yeah. of the, the 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 centers of power that Russia would know to look at and to see what are we going to expect and just mm-hmm. realize like it's the same shit again, but even worse now. And and yeah. like fuck this. And so um, in March and April. As NATO starts doing more exercises in the yes. in the Black Sea and mm-hmm. doing everybody's being mm-hmm. more provocative, um, Russia starts its buildup. Its buildup yep. starts in earnest, and I mean the buildup that is only being talked about now is from April, is yes. like March yeah. and April. It's really, the same, yeah, yeah, it's yes. the same buildup. It's the same. It hasn't, yes. you know, substantively. And it was changed. in response to basically, yeah, we're going to go to war and retake this saying, okay, we're taking, we're retaking Donbass Mm -hmm. and NATO starting insane exercises in the black sea and on the border. I mean, that's like what it was in response to. I think with the exercise, I mean, NATO has been doing exercises on Russia's doorstep for, for quite a while. I mean, there was sort of the, uh, but like, I think, I think the real thing that, 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 like the most important part of what you just said though, is like, yeah, the president of Ukraine said he's going to invade an area that is now part of Russia. Yeah. Like, no shit, there's going to be a troop buildup. Yeah. Like, Crimea is not like the Donbass. Like, Crimea yeah. is like. Oh, they couldn't do yeah, Donbass. Donbass uh, they'd have, they'd still get their asses kicked if Russia got yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like, Crimea is, in, is t- it, no, impenetrable. but it's like. It's, yeah. But it's also just literally part of Russia now. Yes. It's yes. not like a part of Ukraine that broke away. It's like no, they. It is if it is part yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Russian country. Um, and and frankly, Russia's done a pretty good job there. They put in a yeah. shit ton of money. They built a new fucking bridge. Like yeah. the life in Crimea now is better than it was before yes. Russia took Crimea. They're yes. smart about it. They fucking just funneled a ton of That's fucking money. That's why they voted it. for it. They always knew it, it would be. They've been trying to get into Russia for exactly. 30 years. You know? yeah. And so like, it, it's like, well, yeah, okay. Say you are Vladimir Putin. You know what? No. Say you're just like some moron who's the president. Doesn't even, you don't have to be Putin. You don't have to have this backstory here. You control Crimea. Other country that used to control Crimea is like, we're going to invade Crimea. Yeah, you'd put some troops there maybe to dissuade them from doing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and their their response is like I mean to be fair, I mean to be fair to Zelensky a little bit is like he basically is like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah. <laughs> Just no, all kidding. Good. No, sorry. No, he's oh, like, it's yeah. like the Russian Didn't response, know you had which, those guys. You know, even that build up was like, you know, it's it's not that significant. I mean, even now they've said it's not like this, which we'll get to the worst, the the use of imminent here in a second. <laughs> Imminently, we'll talk about mm-hmm. imminent. Well, it's actually, but that's no such word. The the buildup of the troops is not enough to actually invade. Like it's yeah. not. I mean, and even the Ukrainians admit that they say, "Oh, it would take like three to five days if they actually wanted to invade." There's not enough here for that to actually happen. Well, they had need to like they're annoying. Yeah. That's they're just being annoying. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah not, totally. Team but players. it was enough yeah. to basically. <laughs> calm Zelensky down and get him off whatever ledge whoever propped him up on. And that's what made then what was so funny when the the Western press came out and it was October of last year, 2020, that the Washington Post, I think it was the first outlet, it reported that there was now an imminent Russian threat on the, uh, on the border of Ukraine and Russia. And that, you know, there was a quote, a renewed buildup of Russian troops near Ukrainian border has raised concern among some officials who are tracking what they consider to be irregular movements, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, this whole thing. Always, and yeah. that it, it was all very confusing because it is referring to just what's always been there since April. There was no renewed thing. But this is when 
the Biden White House really deploys the use of imminent into the, you know, diplomatic discourse. Right. And it just gets repeated ad nauseum. There's an imminent threat, an imminent threat. Biden sees an an imminent threat. The CIA has an imminent threat. There was... um, these images that the CIA was passing around, they did a little bit of a tour of Europe when they were trying to drum up support for, I don't know what, invasion of Russia. I don't know. It's unclear exactly. But they were trying to drum up support. And they had these satellite images of troop, what they called irregular troop buildups of the imminent mm. threat. And uh, maybe you've seen They were in like the New York Times. You know, they all yeah. published them or whatever. And they were just... <laughs> I mean, the CIA is so fucking lazy. They were literally just satellite images of fixed, like, they're basically like, yeah, it's a bunch of troops. It's showing a bunch of things. And what they had cropped out just east of it were barracks and, like, fixed facilities, (laughs) like, shit that had been there for, like, a fucking decade. Like, none of it was new. And they had cropped it out. And the fucking CIA directors, like, running around Germany being like, see, see, no one's biting. It's amazing how many times they've been caught lying. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. can go back and back and back. Uh, like the last 20 years, they're not, they really are not so good. We're so bad at lying now that that the W campaign to get convinced people oh, to know. back the Iraq war looks like just a total genius, like yeah, propaganda, yeah. you know, because it took a while. And today they're just, they're, they're fucking sloppy. But what they can do is completely... I mean, we think the internet empowers us and in some ways maybe it kind of does because we at least can get our voices heard, but they have the resources to flood information mm-hmm. space yeah. with, with like yeah. multidimensional bullshit. And what you talked about there with the satellite, like one thing I'm thinking of, there's all these Twitter accounts and I bet you know this also from Syria. They're like these kind of open source yes, yeah, Twitter accounts yeah, oh, yeah. and they'll show like, you know, these units are moving from here to here. This unit was filmed by somebody moving. This can only mean one thing. And you flood OSINT. people with OSINT, total OSINT. Yeah. Blech. I mean, it's like Bellingcat is kind of at the top of that pyramid. And, um, but there's, there are a lot of groups, especially, you know, basically wherever NATO is interested in, they happen to be like looking at yeah. that area and they amplify the shit out of this. And and then regular people who are interested in it and you can't really factor. It looks like when you see Twitter account after a Twitter account with a lot of followers that does produce actually useful information at times saying this, you know, here's this and here's this and here's this. And it yeah. can only mean one thing. It starts to fuck with your head yeah, and you start totally. thinking maybe this time I'm wrong, yeah. you know? Um, and, and it's like, I think they really have the information. I'm they, sorry, the yeah. internet age propaganda down. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they, I mean, and the thing is, like, smart the, about the, it, but they have the flood the, power. The thing is, is like, okay, yeah, but also there's troops on the Russian border. Well, that makes sense. Um, it's their border, like it's in their country. You know, yeah, I know it that's always the weirdest think, but, thing. But people don't yeah. think that way. I know, you know, I know, I know. I yeah, obviously. I mean, it was it was uh, like you know, there is. In fact, I would say it's like. Uh, compared to NATO exercises in Estonia, in Estonia, which by the way, my whole thing with NATO is unless you're touching the North Atlantic, you shouldn't be able to be in NATO. <laughs> That's like, it's like my thing with the Bay Area. If you're closer yeah. to another, uh, no, uh, how about this? If you're touching another body of water that's not the North Atlantic, you shouldn't be able to be in NATO. And yeah. yes, I know that cuts NATO severely down in size. <laughs> As but it like, should. If yes. you're touching like the Mediterranean, I'm sorry, 
Yeah. What part of the Mediterranean is the Atlantic in? Is, it, is this the, the Mediterranean no Treaty Organization? <laughs> exactly. I didn't hear that no, yeah. which by the way, that would be a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it's it's uh it but like there's actual, you know, NATO conducting military exercises directly on Russia's yeah. border is so much more of a provocation than Russia sending troops internally within its own yeah. borders of its own sovereign country. Yes, there might be troops on their border, probably because you are stationing troops also on their border. You know, it, it, it's, it's really that fucking simple. Like, it's not. There's it's all no, because like, Putin can't handle a Jeffersonian democracy. <laughs> I know. Next I know. Door, he just know? doesn't. He hates a parliament. <laughs> I want to say, too, like, I to be clear, I don't even think NATO, I mean, NATO, a.k.a. the U.S., whatever, uh, they don't want a war with Russia. I don't think yeah, they want yeah. a war with Russia. And no, like I, I said, so. DOD, well, regardless of what this, I don't think the State Department actually knows this, but the Pentagon, at least, and again, mm-hmm. they've admitted that they could not win a war, uh, yeah. a land war with Russia, unless it went nuclear. And then again, like I said, no one wins. Um, not unless you do it first. But well, even then, you know. Well, but um, well, you never know. Some but people like living underground. We should talk about what they do want <laughs> because there is a reason why they are doing this, and I think that it's pretty clear. The idea is that they want to provoke Russia into. Uh, invading Ukraine uh, to get pretext to pass an insane package of sanctions in mm. order to isolate Russia. And why and get Nord Stream canceled? And get Nord Stream mm-hmm. canceled. Yeah, yeah, which is part of it. Now, you're canceled, sis. I, it's so, there's so much to fucking talk about. I'm going to see know, how huh? quickly I can do this without getting too far into the weeds. But I will say, why are they afraid of Russia? Why do they want to <laughs> isolate Russia with sanctions, right? Then now, the you we've talked about how sanctions pack- packages work on the show before in the context of Russia and in the context of Iran, and that it's not just being like, well, we're not going to give you money. You know, it's yeah. like trying to basically set up blockades so that capital yeah. and 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 just cash cannot move in in other countries to completely freeze them out of the global market. Like that's mm-hmm. the idea. And again, Putin, seeing what happened to the country in the '90s and seeing what it was going to have to like the kind of long march it would take to get Russia basically off the dollar. I mean, that's the goal, right? Mm. Um, so it doesn't have to be dependent on the West in any kind of capacity. The, the U.S. passing these sanctions pack- packages has kind of like adversely propelled Russia toward that goal totally, totally. much quicker than the U.S. probably wanted. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So it pushed it pushes Russia uh, further into like autarky, mm-hmm. meaning that it, you know, being completely mm-hmm. on it, you know, completely and totally like self-reliant, like a self-reliant. Man be. Yeah. But also more and more, uh, cl- closer to China. Mm-hmm. And that is com- com- the complete opposite of the goal of what the U S wants. What the U S wants is to isolate Russia away from China. Um, and, and so it can kind of attack both, um, you know, on their own. I think there's still kind of, again, these like kind of, you know, the the slow march of these bureaucracies into their gravestones, like they're all kind of have these same approaches of the kind of old school Soviet isolate and contain, um, you know, encircle and contain strategy for these countries that just is, is you know, they've come up with um, countermeasures. It's just well, not going to work. It, that, that in particular is so ridiculous because, I mean, 
a a real, real, real stroke of luck for the U.S. Uh, during the Cold War was the falling out between China and the Soviet mm, Union. Yeah. I mean, the the world would look very, very differently if some things had ha- different things had happened back then. If some cooler heads had prevailed, mm-hmm. um, and if Khrushchev hadn't lied mm-hmm. like he did, um, he's but, Ukrainian, uh, by the way. What's up? He's Ukrainian, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Also, God damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you fucking go. Yeah. Wildly. And a bit of a fibber. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, so, you know, it, it, it's sort of, it's, it's insane to me that they would, they would basically push them together like this. I yeah. mean, just in terms of, you know, from, from their, from their perspective. But it also gives, uh, I guess it gives you an enemy to fight too, you know? You know, it's a, Russia, and, Russia and China sort of putting them together as a block, you know? I mean, and, and, a, and a I don't, think, level I don't think the for US a lot wants of that. I think they're just, I, I, I think you're right, Liz. I mean, they're so fucking dumb. Like, yeah. there are people, I remember even in the middle of Russiagate, in the middle yeah. of like crazy story after crazy story about Russia controlling the world and doing this. The New York Times at one point, it's like somebody like woke up one morning like, holy shit. Um, I just had a thought, um, Russia should be our ally. And, and I think this is kind of the Trump nationalist idea too. And some yeah. realist, uh, Russia should be our ally because, because China is actually super strong and is stronger than Russia. And so we need to be allies with them. And they published an actual editorial and it was, it was one of the most schizophrenic editorials. It's like, <laughs> Russia's really bad. This? Is in the New York Times um, in like 2018 or 19. Yeah. And it was like, Russia's really bad and evil, but China is a much more serious threat. Um, Russia needs to realize that its interests, this is what they always say, its interests are really with the West. And so they need to stop, mm. they need to stop pissing us off. Also, Russia's super weak and needs yeah. to get over the thought that it's super powerful and it can't really do anything. So if it hooks up with China, it's just going to be China's little bitch and China's autocratic and is not going to respect oh Russia. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. really, uh, Russia, you're weak and you need to be with us. So come on over. And then the next day, it's like Vladimir Putin again, you know, yeah, spreading yeah, autor- yeah. authoritarianism around the world. Like, I think they're actually just completely fucking schizophrenic. Well, yeah. And they're not, there's, when's the last time anybody any faction or people suffered consequences for fucking up foreign policy over yeah, and over and over. I mean, look at the over. state department. Nobody. Yeah. You're talking about post Mao China, right? Because <laughs> most people never did either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that, that's the thing is like, guys, I thought we were supposed to be pivoting to Asia. This is the pivot to Eurasia. I'm not trying to get involved <laughs> in any of that. Like I'm trying that. to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to die in the South China sea. Yeah. Over an island made entirely of concrete that has yeah. like one prop plane on it. That to me is an important matter of national security. And Russia and, and China's partnership is real and it's like a real it deal. Is. Like I we yeah. just just today, just this morning, <laughs> we had the uh, you know, I don't know, I didn't watch it, so perhaps there was a gong involved, but I don't know. Whoa, uh, whoa, to, whoa, whoa. I was gonna say proverbial gong to welcome in the what the yeah. Winter Olympics in Beijing and who was there right before huge press conference, Putin and Xi yeah. with a uh, big alliance. statement. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. First first foreign leader that Xi has met with in two years, which wow. you know, a little I blue pill on yeah. COVID there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the Olympics are crazy COVID. Well, yeah. China has a zero COVID policy, very famously. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, th- their partnership uh, has been going on for a long time, although I think yes. again the West has been 
first of all, they, they won't report on it because I think they're afraid of it. But also they're, they're, they're not really sure how for real it is. I think there's a yep. really like because mm-hmm. access to China is so limited and I don't think they have a lot of people in Russia. The, the West is really, I think. Uh, in the dark and in denial. denial. Yeah. And I mean, look, it's been a couple years now that Russia and China have been buying and selling oil to each other, not in the petrodollar, which is a big Mm -hmm. fucking deal. Um, They have, you know, like I said, increased like massive trade with one another. They have made pretty strong statements towards an official military alliance although it seems still like it seems like that's it's going there but it hasn't been officially announced it seems like all arrows are pointed that way and um you know i think this morning the two of them really reaffirmed i mean look you know they said in the statement they were like russia has made these demands to get the west to back off on the ukrainian border they want no more expansion of nato they want a removal of all NATO forces yeah. from Eastern Europe. They want no NATO exercises near borders. They want no U.S. nukes in Europe. They want a retraction of the 2008 invitation to Ukraine and Georgia. They want legally binding agreements that no strike systems will be deployed near yeah. Russia. They want to have regular military talks. And China was like, we support them in all of their, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in all of the um, requests that they've made to every NATO member and we, you know, affirm their right to whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's like a very strong statement again on the eve of, you know, the fucking Olympics, a big, one of the biggest fucking deals on the world stage. So it seems pretty clear that regardless of what the West thinks or is in denial about, like this shit is real. It's happening. It's not going anywhere. And it's the year of the fucking tiger, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's it's been uh, I, I totally agree, and it's it's a process that's been going on. In a lot of ways, it's just it's it's a lot deeper than people realize because there, this is a relationship between two big powers that um, that ha- that share some uh, common experiences in like the world and the humiliation and the mm-hmm. humiliation from the West, yeah. and so on, and that are not natural allies. I mean, that's why even both no. when both were com- communist, uh, I mean, the uh, Russians don't, I would say the Russian elite always generally wants to be part of the West, Yeah, but they yeah. understand it ain't going to happen unless they're completely subordinate. Like yes. America has this idea that is as deeply held Orthodox faith as I, I imagine they believed in Christianity, you know, seven, 800 years ago, which it, like it's the world, which is that. There cannot be a power, a country powerful enough to buck American hegemony because American yeah. hegemony is benevolent. Ultimately, whatever our little problems and little freckles, it is benevolent. And any other country is only going to introduce essentially chaos in that world. And and we can't lose that power. I mean, I think this is yeah. so deeply held orthodox faith so that what well, we don't understand that that forces Russia and China to through common interest and common experience to come together. And what they've been doing over the last 15 years is, is doing like slow steps towards mm-hmm. each other. And it's all been about like um, uh, confidence building or, um, you know, trust building. And they've been coming through for each other over and over and over. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause it's not a, it's not culturally a natural deep fit, but it's in a, a lot of ways, it's much more than that. Um, it is, 
they're driven together by common experience. They're two rising powers mm -hmm. and the U S just, um, as a like motor function reflex will try to subvert and undo any challenger anywhere. That's just how it is through whatever weapon we weaponry it has, whether it's the financial system, the NGOs, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the hell it can do propaganda. And it's good at some of those things, still propaganda. It's just, um, it's forcing them together. Yeah, yeah. You're the tiger baby. You mentioned well, the you dragon rises. Yeah. You mentioned the shared humiliation. I think yeah. too, that it's also the shared, uh, I mean, the shared, I would say mutual respect for how they rebuild their countries. Right. right. Like regardless of how, you know, I, I, I don't know, without evaluating like China as like you know, a pure communist or however, you know. Okay. That, well, I think that's fair to evaluate them as such. <laughs> well, no, I just mean not in this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I do think that there's clearly a common respect there for, you know, the growth that's happened under Putin and under Xi. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the middle class in China is so fucking massive at this yeah. point. It, the homeownership mm -hmm. rates are like 95%. It's like, you know, they're, they're, they've got their own issues right now with mm -hmm. the housing market, but it's really fascinating to see how they're responding, which is basically the the opposite of how the U.S. responded when it faced a similar crisis. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's there like the is pandemic. A, yeah, I mean, very much so. And so I think all, there's yeah. a very, you know, very much a shared respect there. And you see it when you watch, you know, I encourage people, again, if you don't <laughs> know how to like, you know, it, it's difficult to evaluate who to read and how, where to get sources and all of that. But like one of the first places to start is like, read the diplomatic statements, like read what these guys are saying, because especially in the case of Russia and China, it's not the mm. case with the U.S., which the, we should say the State Department is out of their fucking minds and just mm -hmm. like a bunch of children. But you read these diplomats from China and from Russia, and these are serious guys. You know, they're yeah. professionals, and the way that they talk about these things, you can kind of read between the lines. And, yeah, I mean... Practical, too, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I think the thing yeah. that the U.S. is afraid of is very much happening. Totally, and they're making it happen, right? Yeah, like they're yeah, making yeah. their nightmares come true. Uh, like it's it's so fucking ridiculous. Like even just the Ukraine, you know, crisis. I mean, they're they're saying Russia's trying to destabilize Ukraine, and all and all this this propaganda campaign, this psychological war operation aimed, I don't know, really at us. I think. Um, yeah, it uh, is. all it's done is totally subvert Ukraine. I mean, for you know, who knows? I'm sure there are parts of the U.S. government that would like. Zelensky overthrown a coup and there is a threat that he could be overthrown in a coup. Yes. There was a move to impeach him this summer. Yes. And then Poroshenko, the previous, you know, Willy Wonka um, <laughs> oligarch president came back and he was arrested by Zelensky just a month ago as a Russian traitor. Things yeah, are, are yeah. fucking crazy there right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 The economy is tanking. I, I mean, yeah. the thing is too, like Zelensky and we, we got to wrap up kind of soon, but, yeah. uh, but, but with Zelensky, I mean, you know, you can sort of see there was that there was that sort of barrage of statements from people, him and people in his government, about how there is no actual yep. imminent invasion. Over um, and over, yeah, yeah, over and over, like saying like, "Oh, this isn't actually like the situation has not changed." Um, meanwhile, the U.S., Australia, Canada, other countries—I can't remember who else were—but uh, uh, one or two other countries, yeah, England, yeah. Um, 
were taking their diplomatic personnel out. They were taking their oh di- the, the, their fam- the embassy families out. I mean, we're, we're talking about, I mean, this is very far from any potential, even imaginary front lines. Like it is so beyond, even if there was like, again, I don't think it's, it does. I don't, it's not going to happen, but even if there was somehow an invasion, there's people would not be threatened and exactly. they're taking them out and they wouldn't be evacuated like that. Like no. exactly. That, you know what I mean? It's, so it's obviously like not a even a good show. Yeah, exactly. Like they could it's literally all for domestic. Just, that's it. It's yeah. just for us. It's for us. It's for, it's for us but yep. for, for Ukrainians, it's causing it's panic in the up. country. Yes. It's yep. fucking up the market. It's fucking up Zelensky's It's subverting Zelensky's rule. Yeah. Exactly. It's subverting yeah. Zelensky's rule. And you know what? The thing is, it's like, the, like my my view is what what Putin I mean probably the best he knows he can get now is a, is a weak Ukraine that's like in you know in in too chaotic a state to ever exactly. actually like join NATO or anything exactly that is that uh, which essentially serves as like a dysfunctional buffer right yeah but what the U S is doing is they are helping create that situation yep and yeah. and and so it is and it is sacrificing totally, Ukrainians exactly to and and Ukraine a country of millions and millions yeah. and millions of people being used as this like basically like political pawn by well kind of by everybody but like you know it, it really just being offered up is just like you know we are we are we are essentially like grinding our sword against the whetstone of Ukraine. And uh, and it is fucking that country up very badly. I mean, in yeah. a sense, the U.S. is kind of like I noticed one thing in Russia when I got there. In the U.S., a lot of bar fights don't really happen, but they're dudes screaming until their necks turn red, ripping yeah. off their shirts. Come on, I'll fuck you! And they're mostly yelling, but it doesn't happen. And yeah. in Russia, like th- that would just be weird. You just punch if you're gonna fight, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I remember once an American guy about a year or two after I got there. I mean, I saw that happen. It was like the American way versus the Russian way. Some guy at one of the few bars there in the mid nineties was like, "Come on, dude, fuck you, fuck you!" And the Russian guy was just staring at him, and just went pop and just popped the yeah. dude, like you know. And I think this time the America was like woofing loudly, NATO, we don't care about Russia, and they woofed and woofed. And so Russia's like, "Okay, we're going to move a whole bunch of troops up yeah. and probably send out um, disinformation or whatever about an invasion." And we're also going to find out some of your methods and sources by doing that. Yeah. And, um, and basically said, okay, if you're going to do that, and then sent a letter and said, if you do that, it means war for us. Yes. We know this is an existential issue. And I think this has broad support. Like you Russians don't want a war in Ukraine, but if Russia were to join, um, I'm sorry, if Ukraine were to join NATO, I think broad, no chance you have opposition and everybody. Right. Yeah. And uh, so it's not just like Putin, the evil who does it. No. And, and so by heating up the situation, then the U S is like, all right, you want to heat stuff up? We'll heat up. You know, we know how to really heat up the psychological warfare space. Russia is really going to do it. Russia is really doing it. And yeah. Russia just kind of sat back and watched and yeah, everybody, <laughs> yeah. And everybody could then kind of see what's actually like going insane. to happen. Paper how tigers. Insane and what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and Biden had to come out in a press conference because they convinced themselves I think like Biden believes there will be well, uh, an invasion. Yeah. He no, I know do. What day? Well, he doesn't yeah. know much. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, like on my five son, minutes sure before. He does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, little, but my child has friends there. They, yeah. they, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. And then yeah. you know, I mean, that the U.S. basically got its ass handed to it totally. on the on the world stage. And yeah, that, yeah. what's that? You Jen, look like a pussy, Jim yep. Psaki or whatever the horrible Saki, woman. Yeah, she basically yeah. had to come out and admit defeat. She was yeah. like, "Oh." 
we shouldn't use imminent. That was yeah. giving the wrong impression. Turns out there um, is a word for that in Ukrainian. So we're not going to use <laughs> imminent anymore, which yeah. that is just basically admitting defeat. Yeah, it's like, like okay, it's so over. It's show's over. Yeah. But Russia, to their credit, isn't, they're like, okay, we're not letting this go. We have sent yeah. letters to every NATO nation and we want, and like, I love the letter move. They're like, we, know, need, a, we need a well, sign you got to learn back. from the Gorbachev years. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> totally. You're like, I yes. want it in writing. Good hey, point. Yeah. True and on life lesson. Get it yes. in writing. Get it in yeah. writing. Um, and they're saying, look, we want your commitment that, you know, that, that none of, that your, you know, the terms in which you joined NATO will not be breached. Yeah. And, and basically you got to write us back and let us know. And they're, and they're just sticking to it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the U.S. got very embarrassed. It doesn't seem like that sanctions pack package is going to pass. Germany is like, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. France will do whatever Germany says. Yeah. And um, the whole thing just really blew up in the State Department's face. Yeah. Because but those I guys still, are fucking morons. I, I still think, though, something crazy could – I really think the U.S. Yeah. is a wild card. Something crazy could happen. The humiliation could make – all of them convince each other we have to do some big sanctions yeah. package. Something fucking stupid and crazy. Some kind of false and flag. It, I don't even know about a false flag. There, there was po- that possibility before, but yeah. I, I really think I think more like um, just a preemptive sanctioning or something where they feel like they're getting something and making the situation worse, even for America, even if you like love this country or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it would still ultimately backfire again, as it yeah. always has. And because they're just like on the, on like the world's biggest losing streak since like, I don't know, the Austro-Hungarian empire or something like they just, they're losers. The people who are like running foreign policy are just serial fucking losers. They like gamblers. Ask yourself like, when did, when was the last war America won? Yeah. Mind war. (laughs) That's the only (laughs) one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have to wrap up somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> and so I think we should, we didn't, there's a lot of stuff we could not, and I don't think we have time to get to like Nord Stream 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the fact that Ukraine's military is just uh, any sort of like infographic where you see troop comparisons to Russia, there's no, there's a fraction of that <laughs> amount no of people there, there. actually ready <laughs> in, in Ukraine. Um, you know, the Javelin missiles, which America mm. very like, you know, very publicly gave them, which are just sitting in a warehouse in the west of the country because yep. Ukraine doesn't know how to use them and America <laughs> won't let them use them because they mm. used a couple on some fortifications in 2018, <laughs> uh, which you're not supposed to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it, there's 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 a lot there. But what I want to say and what I want to leave us uh, when I kind of lead us out on is Really quickly, what are each of your personal peace plans for Ukraine? How could you fix this crisis? Liz? (laughs) Well, my official position is that Ukraine should not exist. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm. what I I just, Ukraine should not exist. What, should it be part of Russia? It can be part of, it can be carved up, but then absorbed. 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 No new nation, no anything. Just absorb it in. I want to say, too, to be clear, this is not against the Ukrainian people who, I mean, it's against some of the Ukrainian people, but I also believe that about Canada and Uh Australia. So I just want to make that clear. Well, my thing with Australia is 
is yeah. trade it to China. Taiwan, I don't have to. I don't. I don't want to think about Taiwan anymore. You can make that its own country or whatever, just like a zone, a free trade zone, not even a country, just like a district. Uh, but Australia uh, can go to China. I think a great <laughs> I game. That can, that's, they would love Mark, that. They deserve what's it. What's yours? <laughs> um, I I just can't imagine a peace plan without the actual use of nukes. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to Oof. trying to figure out, you know, how that how that works out. Wow. Just, we're all going to die someday. You may as well go out in a bang. So you think it, the peace plan is Israel gets more nukes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, exactly. you know, interesting you that you mind. bring bring up peace and nukes because I'll tell you something that could have fixed this crisis before it even started, which is a give Ukraine should not have given up its nukes. Yes. And now B that we have n- never, cause that's of course another true and on thing. Never give up nuclear. Weapons. Yeah, Never give up the nukes. <laughs> never give up nuclear weapon. Always. In fact, build more. Get it yes. in writing. Right never give yeah. up the nukes. Never yep. give up the nukes. Uh, but my thing is now, okay, Ukraine has no nukes. Why doesn't everybody just give them one? Like I'm talking Pakistan gives them one. <laughs> U.S. gives them one. Everyone just gives them like a Marshall one plan, nuke. but yes. for nukes. Yeah, just nukes, <laughs> nukes. And just, in fact, why not this? All right. Okay. Chernobyl aside, um, why don't we just make Ukraine the country that builds nukes for everyone else? That uh-huh. way, no one else can invade them because, like, well, that's where we get our nukes. We yeah. can't, like, mm. invade that. Plus, they could nuke us. And so I think Ukraine should just get nukes. Either that or there should be a new language instituted. Now, I'm thinking mm. Hebrew or yes. Yiddish, yes. but I think that everyone in Ukraine, Russian Ukrainian speakers alike, should now have to speak Yiddish. And that will unify the country because everyone will become a thousand times more annoyed with each other. You know, there's a, a, a Russian, it was a Russian saying about how tricky um, Ukrainians are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kind of the pejorative, sort of like kike for, for Jew, the pejorative for Ukrainian is chachol. It's kind uh-huh. of gogol actually, but chachol. And the and the saying is gide prashol chachol yevreim nechvodielat. And what it means is, um, like when a chachol, when a Ukrainian comes in, even Jews can't do anything. Even oh, Jews great. can't make business. <laughs> that really covers all the Russian bases for us. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting back on the chopper. Not never. <laughs> we're getting back in our armored personnel care. We're getting back in the striker, and we're heading to Romania. Um, we have with us, of course, Mark Ames from Radio War Nerd, my favorite podcast, of course, besides oh, thank my you. own. You're my favorite. Um, and, uh, and yeah, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Thank you so much for having me on. I love you guys. And uh, happy to talk. Oh, I forgot. I had something to say before we sign off. Brace. Uh-huh. I have a plan for you. Oh. So remember the Belden plan? Yeah. But the question is not what is the Belden plan. The question is how to implement the Belden plan. Now, what we need is a mm-hmm. true anon type television series that sweeps yeah. the nation where yeah. you play a likable but um often gets into mishaps in comedic oh. ways. That do be happening to me, yeah. <laughs> who finds themselves uh catapulted to power uh-huh. after uh kind of I don't know 
I don't know what happens. We have to military. Out. Uh, no, okay, okay. I can I can tell a few because okay. I'm a colonel in the United States military, and I and my fellow group of colonels who subscribe to my like officers program or whatever mm-hmm. uh, catapult me to power. Yes, but also you're very funny, uh-huh. and you're like, "How did I get here?" But then you've got a heart what? of gold, and everyone. Yeah. So the the True and On TV show sweeps the nation. Mm-hmm. Sweeps, sweeps, very yeah. popular. And everyone's like, damn, this guy is so funny and cool. Wouldn't it be great if he actually just was leader? Yeah. While this happens, I provide such good entertainment with this television show, which is on Peacock, by the way, and that the U.S. actually gives me a commission, like a kind of like a goofy commission as a colonel, like Mm. to be like like a USO kind of like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thing. Yeah, and, for morale. Uh, for morale. For morale. But I get to talk with some of these cats. I'm like, you know, things could be really different around here. Yeah, like, you got some ideas. You know, the world needs ditch diggers. And frankly, this country doesn't have enough of them. Mm. And uh, after that, people are like, you know what? Like my guys, my other colonels are like, we should just, we could just rip the, rip the fucking bandit yeah. off this bitch. Let's yeah, get you, this guy in the White House. Yeah, we got to foist him. Let's foist him up. Because here's the thing. I have, I've been, I've been... I've been in charge of a lot of things in my life, but I've never been got to be in charge of never got to be in charge of a junta. Like no one ever everyone's just like, no, you can't be in charge of the junta, like a junta or whatever, how you ever yeah, junta. say it. Well, whatever. <laughs> I think it's junta, junta, whatever. Well, for me it'd be a junta because I'm an American. Mm. Um, and uh they've never let me be in charge of one. And so if I could do that, iron fist, everyone's digging ditches. Mm. That's it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crisscross this country with irrigation canals to nowhere like you've never seen before. <laughs> we're gonna have the Atlantic in a in a in and the Pacific meeting in the center of, of the country in a brackish mixture that that show it's like the golden spike in the railroad that shows the new direction this country mm, is going into. Yes. Confused and useless into the new <laughs> millennium. The big puddle. The big puddle. We're gonna we're gonna make this the wettest nation in history. <laughs> Everyone here is gonna be soaked and moist. I'm Liz. My name is oh, I like the sound of this Colonel Belden. We are joined uh, by the future satrap of the New Southwest, Young Chomsky, who is who is programming this episode like he will program your children's minds. And the show is called True and On. <sighs> we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.